Welcome to the CoinGecko Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Young. Each week, we'll be interviewing someone from the blockchain industry to learn more about this fast-moving cryptocurrency economy. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for coming. The CoinGecko Podcast is produced each week to help you stay ahead of the curve. Show notes can be found at podcast.coingecko.com. I highly encourage you to join our newsletter where we send out top news in the crypto industry every Monday to Friday. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favourite RSS feed or iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter and Telegram at CoinGecko. Welcome to the CoinGecko podcast. For today's episode, let's welcome Nicholas Van Hort, CEO of Delta. Delta is a cryptocurrency portfolio tracker app that was recently acquired by eToro. Welcome to the show, Nicholas. Thank you. Uh, and also uh, very pleasing to hear that you invited me. So thanks again. For the first question, you want to know a little bit about your personal story. When did you first hear about Bitcoin and what got you to move full-time into this industry? Well, uh, the thing is, I'm not one of the very early adapters. I think it was uh, March 2017 when I first started looking into different types of investments because um, I'm still relatively young and I first got my uh, savings. Um, yeah, it started to accumulate and I saw, okay, this isn't uh, basically, it's not giving any return on investment. Uh, so I started looking into stocks, uh, ETFs and crypto. And I think it was fairly quickly that I got most attracted by the cryptocurrency industry because it was fairly young as well. And the technology behind it, is, of course, is, is, is very interesting uh, since my computer science background. And yeah, I think it was then May 2017 when I started uh, doing my first investments. So it was right before, I would say, the big boom in end of 2017, beginning of 2018. Yeah, you certainly got started at the right time, I would say. What inspired you to start Delta? Well, so I was working at a, at a previous company together with a colleague and we both started like our first investments. And back in the time, even more so than today, the, the landscape of crypto was even more scattered. So you could buy Bitcoin on Coinbase, but if you wanted, for instance, I don't know, uh, Ripple, you had to go to somewhere else like Bittrex. And yeah, basically it was very hard to keep the overview of all your investments. Blockfolio back then was the only solution or, or not the only one, but basically the only one. And while they have made great improvements over time, back then, my colleague and I thought, okay, this is working, but it's, it's not really working super well. I think we can do it better. And we try to think about ways where we can really build something that um, would improve on what was already available. And that's what we tried to do and ultimately also did. Interesting. So when exactly do you start Delta? And how large of a team do you currently have? And where are you guys located? Like I said, we started investing in May 2017. And then um, in the summer of 2017, I would say June, July, we had the first concepts worked out. And then we started development around end of July, August. We launched in October, the 1st of October, 2017. And then Delta expanded extremely rapidly so it was first us two then uh, we had um, other co-founders join as well um, then we were first employees in the beginning of 2018 and then today over time you get we just hired three new people i think the team in ghent belgium is a little over 10 people and then we also have four uh, community managers who are uh, working remotely across the world so 
uh, I would say a total of 15 uh, right now. So you mentioned that you guys grew very fast in late 2017. Uh, what do you think you guys did right uh, as compared to Blockfolio, for example? Well, not necessarily only Blockfolio. I think a lot of services and products in crypto at that time were, I would say, run by people that weren't really, that were very engineering focused. And, and that's maybe the one advantage that we had is that we had a combination of, of engineering and products uh, and marketing a bit, I would say. So what Delta did really well compared to the other services out there was, be, was being very transparent. We openly communicated, okay, this is what we're building. These are our numbers. We literally said, okay, we have X many users. Uh, we clearly stated, okay, we are fully anonymous. Uh, we interacted with the users. So we basically had a opened up a system where they can request features. So basically, yeah, this, this openness was for the crypto industry, something that was relatively new and combined with the fact that actually the product, of course, was also considered one of the better looking products in, in crypto. We, had to, we got applauded for our really easy to use uh, interface, good UX, etc. I think that made us stand out uh, from the get-go. Yeah, I remember your, um, your app was as one of a very well-designed app and uh, a lot of people were using Delta back then, even now I suppose actually. Um, how, do you, how do you guys monetize the app? Well, I think that's also an important piece of the success puzzle in a sense because as you know, crypto had had its highs and then afterwards its lows and, and the good thing was that we launched in October 2017 and then in December 2017, we already introduced our premium subscription, Delta Pro. And launching that relatively fast after our initial launch helped us to create a recurring business model because we had recurring revenue from our monthly subscriptions and also our yearly subscriptions. So even in like the worst months, end of 2018, we had people that were recurring their yearly subscription because the Delta Pro subscription is, I wouldn't say cheap, but it's also no, not so expensive that people say, okay, this is not bringing any value. So we had um, yeah, thousands of users recurring their Delta Pro subscription, and this allowed us to keep growing even in down times. And uh, was also a key element, I would say, in the in the acquisition of Etoro. Yeah, I mean, you guys recently got acquired by Etoro, so congratulations on that. Thank you. What do you guys choose to sell to Etoro, and how was it like having your first exit? Well, I think end of 2018, um, I think uh, Delta's board made a a wise decision into saying, okay, guys, we are doing well, but we need to make sure that we are diversifying either vertically or horizontally. And to be able to do this with success, we need a strategic partner. Uh, so the plan was not necessarily to find somebody that would fully acquire Delta, but to find a strategic partner to help us get bigger, to become really a house in the fintech industry or at least the crypto industry, which we kind of achieve already, but we can always do better. And there were several parties that we talked to. And I think ultimately, eToro was most aligned with our plan to diversify in the sense that we want to become more than just a crypto tracker. We want to become an investment tracker that you can track anything that has value, stocks or equity, ETFs, uh, etc. And of course, with eToro's offering, that made a lot of sense. The only thing was that Etoro was only interested if they could acquire Delta for the full 
and then one thing led to another and ultimately there was a quite a big time span going over when we first started talking and when we ultimately closed uh, but ultimately i would say by the end of october 2019 which is end of last year uh, the deal was fully finalized and we were fully acquired nice so i haven't done an exit before so i'm just curious how how long did the whole conversation take from the first time you started speaking to eToro until the day you signed the agreement to sell Delta to eToro? Um, let me think. I think it was uh, between 8 and 11 months, something around those, uh, those times. Well, that's pretty long actually, yeah. But I guess in terms of acquisition, it's pretty normal in between a one-year time frame. Well, I must say it's also because the road to the full acquisition was a bit different because like I mentioned, we first started looking for strategic partnerships. So that delayed the process a bit in, in that sense that, yeah, we weren't fully aligned yet from the start on a, on a full acquisition. So once we were fully aligned, I would say that the process took five to six months. So I think that's maybe a more realistic time frame if you basically start looking for a full acquisition from, from the start. Can you share some stats on Delta, for example, how many users you guys have, where are they mainly from, etc.? So yeah, we have uh, 1.5 million users right now in total across um, yeah, different platforms. So iOS and Android, and there's also a small piece that, uh, that is on desktop. And then from those 1.5 million users, I would say that 250,000 are monthly active users, which is for us the key metric. Uh, and we're trying to grow, uh, of course, as we speak. Uh, right now, uh, we are, of course, working on our uh, big yeah, diversification project, as I mentioned, um, which should see the day of light, I would say, uh, later this year. So, yeah, we're, uh, we're definitely trying to keep on uh, growing and building Delta into a broader platform. And are there any interesting stats that you saw, like, for example, most users, for example, love Bitcoin, uh, 50% of users love uh, are from the US or, or something else. Do you know any of these well, stats? Well, that's the thing. Like I said in the beginning of the conversation, we really take anonymity very uh, yeah, close to our hearts. Uh, so we don't really do even, of course, there's no way to do individual uh, data because we don't have any identifiable data. But we even aggregated data is something we, we don't really use. Uh, some people or companies might say it's a bit stupid, but it's really a philosophy for us that we, we don't go diving into user data, even if it's aggregated. So yeah, I, I can't really share those things because I truly don't know them. And this is quite different from the way that Blockfolio is organizing the data in a sense that they know which users have which assets, and how much they own and, and where they're from. Do you think anonymity is a very important uh, characteristic for people in the crypto industry? I think it used to be more important than it is today, uh, if I'm honest, because the crypto industry matured uh, over time. I would say it's still not as mature as other financial markets, but it's at least going into the right direction. That being said, it's not because you truly value anonymity that it's immature, of course. I'm, I'm just saying that people are, I would say, less anal about the fact if something that is not really that important um, is part of the public domain or something. So I think, uh, yeah, it's in a healthy space right now. 
also for portfolio, even if they do stuff with aggregated data, it's something that is not tied to a specific user. So it should be okay. We just made the, the choice um, so far to, to not go down that route, um, which is of course a, a business decision. And Blockfolio doesn't, for instance, doesn't have a, a premium subscription. So they need to get revenue through data and uh, businesses. So that's, that's a, a big difference. Yeah, you brought up a very good point. I believe that in the early days of crypto, it attracts a lot of libertarians and a lot of people care a lot about privacy and anonymity. But as, as this industry matures, whether it attracts a lot more of a mainstream audience and these people may not really care too much, or they do care, but not as highly important as what the early timers who used to come to crypto care about for anonymity. Talking about um, the premium subscriptions, like your main competitor Blockfolio gave their app for free and they don't charge subscription. Why do you think people want to pay for Delta when they can get like pretty much a similar product on Blockfolio for free? Uh, the thing is, Delta, I would say, is for 95% free. And the 95% that is free is also the same feature set that is free for Blockfolio. So the things you can do with Delta Pro, which is the premium subscription, are things that you can't do on, on Blockfolio anyway. So there's no real-time prices on Blockfolio. There's no portfolio analytics. So all these features are basically things that our fee feature set is on par or even above the, the competition. So for us, the user is not losing anything. He can just get even more than, uh, than on other uh, platform. So you mentioned earlier just now briefly about some of your diversification plan. Like, do you want to share a little bit more what's your big plan for 2020 and how do you guys plan to expand further into other asset classes beyond crypto? So yeah, like I mentioned, um, back in the end of 2018, we made the conscious decision to diversify. There are still two different routes we're exploring, which is uh, diversifying horizontally or vertically. I'm, <laughs> I'm repeating myself. So. On the one hand, it means that we could go even deeper in crypto and allow people to trade and to purchase crypto within the Delta application. The other route is to say, okay, we're going to stick being a tracker, but we're going to introduce more asset classes. Um, and yeah, I think in the, the following, uh, I would say six months, you will, uh, or by the end of the next six months, you'll, uh, you'll hear and see what, it's, uh, what it will be. And you guys are now part of the eToro X team, I believe. This is part of the team that eToro has to work on the exchange platform that they launched. Um, do you see any difference since your acquisition? Well, the, the big thing I need to mention is that it, it's not 100% correct to say that Delta is part of eToro or within the umbrella of eToro X, I mean. Uh, Delta is part of eToro, the normal eToro, not eToro X. It is true that the the manager of eTorex is also managing Delta. But other than that, it's not the case that Delta is part of eTorex. We are trying to be a separate uh, entity within eToro and trying to find synergies between both eTorex and eToro. And you'll see those come to fruition in the coming months. So for us, it's, we, we don't try to label us as part of A or part of X. Uh, we're part of everybody and we're trying to help everybody and they're trying to help us. And yeah, so it's true that the, the, the exchange that eToro runs uh, being eToro X 
is also one of the, the reasons why it's easier for us to diversify by allowing people to purchase and to trade. So uh, it has opened a lot of gateways for Delta to do these things. And when you guys got acquired by eToro, what was the reaction from your community? Do they view it positively? Do they view it uh, negatively? Do they see any conflict of interest in the sense that Delta is no longer neutral and is owned by one of the big exchanges, for example? It's a good question. Uh, when I, when the, the acquisition came to a final conclusion, it was one of my main worries. And it was actually nice to see that indeed the crypto industry has matured and has come to realize that these types of, of business deals are actually good. It means that people are working together, that projects like Delta, small startups can, can become a success, can become bigger, yeah, ultimately be a good thing for the industry. And I think uh, we had almost zero concerns or complaints. I also wrote an open letter to all the Delta users on our blog to to basically make sure that they are that all their concerns that we share their concerns and we will be safeguarding those concerns. And to this day, I can say um, very honestly that we've been successfully keeping the promises that we've made, and we will of course do everything to keep those promises. And I have no, I see no reason or why this would would change in the future. That's very good to hear. At the end of the day, like uh, providing what the user wants is the most important thing. And if the users are happy with what with the services that you provide, uh, they will stick to the service that they are used to. And there's no reason for them to switch to someone else if you're doing everything correct. Yeah, indeed. So we made sure, okay, we set everybody, the company behind Delta, the team, itself, it will keep working as it always has. The entire team remains in Belgium. We will keep on trying to improve the app. Our core values also match those of eToro. So we are still paying great respect to security, privacy, and data. And we are still known and will try to stay being known for our beautiful user experiences. So reassuring the users of all those things, I think, helped a lot. Uh, and also big thanks to our community managers who, are, who were available on Telegram the first few days after the news broke, uh, replying to the concerns of the users and sharing or our take on, on what's next for Delta. And I must say that it's been months since we've got any question or minor complaint even about the fact that we're part of a, of a bigger entity. So it, it panned out uh, really well. That's great to hear. Very, very happy to hear that. Lastly, before we close off, so if someone's interested to find out more about Delta, how can they find and follow you guys? Well, first of all, our website is very easy. It's delta.app. Uh, and if you want to really connect with us on Twitter, it's uh, twitter.com slash delta underscore, uh, sorry, get underscore delta. And then that's the best place I would say to, to get in touch. You can also always reach me, which is Nicholas VH on Twitter or Nicholas VH on Reddit, where we're also very active. Our Telegram group is open. Uh, our community managers will happily ask any question you have. So definitely get in touch give it a try also let us know what you don't like we are not saying the app is perfect it's far from it we are trying to improve it uh, on an ongoing basis and we hope that uh, by the q3 q4 of 2020 you'll have a delta that is really something that helps your everyday life as an investor awesome cool i guess i have all the questions so thank you very much for joining us on the coin gecko podcast nicholas thanks for having me all right that wraps up the show Thank you for listening to the CoinGecko podcast with Bobby. If you like our show and want to know more, check out podcast.coingecko.com.
or please leave us a review on iTunes. If you have any feedback, do drop us an email at hello at coingecko.com. Join us for more next week. See ya! This podcast is provided as part of the overall information on cryptocurrency contained on our website, is for your general information only, and does not, howsoever, constitute any endorsement, financial or investment advice, nor any solicitation or offer of securities or other financial instruments. CoinGecko and the podcast presenter makes no warranties, implied or express, of any kind in relation to this podcast, including, without limitation, the accuracy and updatedness of its content. All opinions and recommendations there in the podcast are based on the personal opinion of the presenter. Please conduct your own research and procure professional advice should you, at your own risk, decide to howsoever invest or trade in relation to the content contained in the podcast.